Today on episode 98 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, would you use one email address for all of your email communication if you knew that at some point you would lose access to that email account? Well, you might already be doing that right now. And in the Get to Know Scott segment, I'll tell you a story of back when I had my very first hard drive crash. That one didn't turn out so well. Welcome to another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Welcome back to the Computer Tutor Podcast. I am your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson. If you're new to the show, my standard intro is to tell you that, yes, I'm a geek, but I'm not a typical geek because I don't use all the big technical words. I just explain things in normal, everyday language. But you know, it occurred to me recently that there are other ways that I'm not a typical geek. One of those is that I'm not really a big fan of science fiction. You know, it seems like when most geeks get together, the big topics of discussion are Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Battlestar Galactica, Futurama, you know, those kind of movies and TV shows. And I can't really say I care a whole lot about any of those things. I know, doesn't make sense. That's just the way it is. I have a computer repair business that's based here in the Tampa Bay area, but I have a lot of clients that are not here in this area or even in Florida. That's because I do a lot of work through remote access, which makes it really easy to work on computers anywhere in the world. If you have a problem with your computer, just give me a call, 727-254-9078, or you can email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And today's computer tip can be seen at my website at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 098. So let's get started. All right, imagine this scenario. You don't have an email address. I know, that's kind of weird just to think about. How did we ever get by without having email? Anyway, I have an email address that I can give you, and you can use it for whatever you want. You can communicate with your friends, your family... You can use it for your business if you want to, whatever. The only catch is, at some point in the future, your access to that email account will be cut off. I can't tell you exactly when, but there will come a day when you can no longer sign in to that email account. Does that sound like a good plan to you? You might use this email account for months or even years, so it's the address where everyone knows to contact you. Does it make sense to get tied to an email account that you won't be able to keep? Not really, but a lot of people are doing it already. Right here in the Tampa Bay area, a lot of people have email accounts that end with at tampabay.rr.com. In fact, all around the country, there are email accounts that end with a city name and then rr.com or roadrunner.com or verizon.net or comcast.net. All of those email accounts are temporary addresses. Someday they're going to be cut off. Did you happen to notice what they all have in common? All right, I'll tell you. All of those email accounts came from Internet service providers. Whenever you sign up with an Internet service provider, or they're also commonly known as an ISP, 
they give you an email address to use, or several email addresses if you want. So a lot of people just take that email address and use it, since it's easy and it's already set up for them. But that's a mistake. Think about what happens when you change to a different internet provider. When that happens, you lose your email address that was provided by the old one. So you have to go through the process of changing email accounts and all that's involved with that. And here's the amazing thing. Some people go through all that, and then the new email address that they change to is the email account that comes with their new internet provider. So they're going to have to go through the same process all over again at some point in the future. Now, before you say it, let me say this. Sometimes when I tell people that they shouldn't use the email that comes with their ISP because they'll lose it when they change internet providers, their response goes something like this. Oh, I like my internet company, so I'll just stay with them. Come on, seriously? You and I both know that it's extremely unlikely that you're going to be using the same internet provider for the rest of your life. What if you move to an area that the company doesn't service? You have to sign up with a different ISP. What if another provider comes out with a better deal or a faster connection or both? Would you change or would you keep paying a higher price for a slower speed just to keep your email address? Or, you know, it could be something completely out of your control. Your current internet provider could get bought out by a bigger company and the new company changes everyone's email address to their company name, meaning your email address changes and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, why go through all that? It's a hassle that you can so easily avoid. All you need to do is use an email address that's available for you to use forever, regardless of what company you have for your internet access. I first got my Gmail email address back in 2004. That's when Gmail was first introduced by Google. In fact, I remember when they first came out with it. It was in beta, and you couldn't even just sign up for an account. You actually had to have an invite from someone else who already had a Gmail account. And then when you got your Gmail account, you were given 10 invites to send out to other people. That's how Google did the beta testing, you know, when they first rolled it out. So I've had my Gmail account for about 10 years. I've changed internet providers a few times in the last 10 years, but I have not had to change my email address ever. And, you know, there are other reasons to use Gmail. They give you a ton of storage space. After 10 years, I'm currently using about 30% of the space I have available, and they keep increasing it. And they also have great spam filters, and I can send my Gmail straight into Outlook at no additional charge. But the big thing, which is what we're talking about today, is the fact that I can use it forever. Now, there's another option for a permanent email address, and that's for you to buy your own domain name. That really would be even more likely to be permanent since you'd actually own the domain name. In other words, for about $10 a year, you can purchase a domain name, such as uh, something like coffeelover.com or whatever name you want that still happens to be available. Then you could create whatever email address you want with that domain name, like scott at coffeelover.com or information at coffeelover.com or whatever you want because you own that name. That would actually be even more secure than a Gmail account since you own it. So whether you decide to get a Gmail account or to get your own domain name email account, it's much better to do it now rather than when you're about to be forced to change. You can plan 
You can email all of your contacts, and you can just make sure the whole transition goes smoothly. And I can help you with that if you want. Just give me a call. And now for the Get to Know Scott segment of the show. Last week, I mentioned that I recently had a hard drive crash on my primary computer. That was on a Friday. I did a restart, and the computer did not come back on, and it never did come back on. But thanks to my automated backup process, within a very short time, I was back in business using my computer, and I didn't lose any files or folders. The reason I was prepared for this to happen was mostly because of my first hard drive crash, which happened quite a few years ago. This was back in like the mid to late 1990s. And at that time, we had one computer for the whole family. I know, doesn't that sound awful? We all had to share that one computer. And this was the computer I used for my side business, which was starting to grow into fairly profitable internet business. So it had all my records, my website files, my pictures, my digital books, all that. And back then, there were no flash drives. There weren't any external USB drives, uh, nothing like that. If I was going to back up, it would be to a floppy disk. And do you know how much data can be stored on a floppy disk? It's 1.44 megabytes. And that's megabytes, not gigabytes. Or if you wanted to spring for the super cool technology at the time, you could get a zip drive, which used zip disks, and they could hold a whopping 100 megabytes. But it didn't really matter how much data either of them could store because I didn't have any backup anyway. It's just like so many people today. I had more other pressing things to think about and besides, the computer was working just fine, so no need to worry about that. Even though my entire business was stored on that computer, yep, I was stupid. But, you know, because I had that mindset myself, it kind of helps me understand the mindset of people today who think the same thing. It's really easy to think that it only happens to other people. The real wake-up call is when it happens to you. Well, one day, my son, who was about probably 10 or 11 years old at the time, he got a new computer game, and this was not a downloaded game, and it was also not a game that one of his friends copied to a disc to share with him. This was a commercial, per, commercially purchased game created by a big software company, and it was bought right off the shelf of a retail store. So you'd think it should have worked fine on our Windows 98 computer. Well, it didn't work fine. He put the disc in and installed the game, and at the end, it required a restart, except the computer didn't restart. It just went into this endless loop of starting up, getting partway in, and then shutting down and starting up and doing the same thing over and over again. I never was able to get it to boot up properly after that. Now, if the same thing happened today, I'd have lots of strategies about how to fix it. But back then, I had no idea, so I ended up losing all that data. I don't remember exactly how it finally ended up. I think I actually replaced the computer. Anyway, that was the thing that taught me the importance of always having a backup of anything important. And now you have a choice. You can learn from my stupid mistake, or you can avoid going through that by just setting up a backup process. Or you can let me set it up for you remotely. It takes about 10 minutes, and it might be the best 10 minutes you ever invested. Well, as usual, I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to send me some comments or questions, you can always call my podcast voicemail line at 727-386-9468. 
or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. God bless.